Hey everyone, this is Adam Mellenboss from Nightlight Astrology. Happy Monday, everybody. Today we are going to take a look at one of the major astrological transits of the week, which is the conjunction of Mercury and Mars. Now, Mercury and Mars are traveling through Capricorn. They're going to conjoin in Capricorn around the 16th degree. They're going to do so at the end of the week. But as they are doing so, Uranus is changing directions. They're getting into a trine with Uranus as it's turning direct. Uh, Venus is trining Jupiter. The sun is squaring Jupiter. And we've got a full moon in Leo that's also squaring Jupiter. So the amount of things happening all again at the end of this week, which we've seen actually already this year, we had this same kind of situation last weekend uh, with a bunch of planets kind of coinciding with aspects as Pluto and the sun entered Aquarius. We see another major confluence of planetary aspects all at once coming in over the weekend. So I want to look today, and we're going to be breaking these different aspects that I just mentioned down all week, but I want to start by looking at Mercury and Mars and how to read the meaning of that very powerful conjunction uh, in Capricorn, given the context of everything else going on around it. So I'm going to tell you about five things you can notice today that will help us interpret the meaning of Mercury and Mars. So that's our agenda for today. Before we get into it, don't forget to like and subscribe, share your comments and reflections in the comment section. We really appreciate hearing from you guys. You can find a transcript of any of my daily talks on the website, which is nightlightastrology.com. When you are over there right now, you may want to consider jumping in on the recent masterclass series that started last week on the fixed stars, not too late to join, uh, on the year three program and counseling astrology, which just began, or our moon circle, which just began this month. All of those programs, not too late to jump in on any of them. And of course, if you would like to take advantage of our need-based tuition options for any of those programs, be sure to check that out. You can find them available, those that need-based tuition, uh, in the um, enrollment portion of the pages on the website. So any questions you have about it, email us info at nightlightastrology.com. Okay, let's take a look at the real-time clock, and I want to show you just what we're looking at today and why it is so unique. Um, and so here we see. This is Mercury coming into a conjunction with Mars, exalted in the sign of Capricorn, Mars is. And we can see that if we fast forward this between the afternoon of Friday, January 26th and Saturday, January 27th, that Mercury will move through the conjunction with Mars. So it's Friday the 26th into the 27th. Now, there are a lot of things that are happening around this. And I want to talk about five things to notice with Mercury and Mars this week. You'll be noticing this building up throughout the course of the week. If I reverse this to today, here's how we know because Mercury and Mars are already within three degrees of one another, 10 and 13. So that's a three degree engagement range that begins today, which means you will be experiencing what I'm going to talk about today all week. But you'll notice that the peak of the transit happens Friday into Saturday. It'll be waning off, say, Sunday, Monday, um, going into next week. So anyway, uh, that gives us a shelf life of like, you know, a full week. So um, Mercury and Mars. You know, in addition to Mercury and Mars being an incredibly strategic kind of energy, this is Mercury and Mars combinations are associated with mathematicians, with scientists, with people who are expert problem solver, solvers, code crackers, because the two together were associated with the knowledge that surgeons might have to have in the ancient world to perform surgeries, uh, doctors and um, experts in any kind of field that requires um, you know, exact, technical, precise, analytical thinking. So 
a transit that will amplify words and the power of the words to hurt, words to hurt or heal, to be constructive, to build things, strategies and ideas that can uh, developmentally build and and practically solve problems, uh, incremental steps toward you know, long-term goals through careful strategizing. These are the kinds of things you're, you'll see with Mercury and Mars and Capricorn. However, sharpness of tongue, what that which is a double-edged sword, it cuts the analytical executive judging mind is also a mind that is sometimes too dry, too rigid, too analytical, too practical, too realistic. Uh, it's a little ruthless. This is someone who might think in a kind of Machiavellian way, this Mercury and Mars and Capricorn. At the same time, expert strategist, deep, analytical, practical, useful understanding and implementation of well-refined, well sharpened skills. You think Mercury, Mars, and Capricorn. This is an energy this week that is really about building and developing things through uh, both mind, will, and intelligence all together, like the, the intelligence and the uh, the, the the power, like the bulldozer power of Mars and Capricorn, along with the practical earthy intelligence of Mercury is, is pretty amazing. Now, um, there are five things to notice around this Mercury-Mars um, conjunction that are important because it fills out our understanding. As I just described it, that would be Mercury and Mars in an archetypal vacuum in Capricorn, right? Some of the things to notice, but there are other contextual factors that can help specify our understanding. For example, Mercury and Mars are going to conjoin as Uranus is turning direct. You're going to notice that Uranus is right here turning direct. What it means is that Uranus has been working on things from the standpoint of retrogradation, which usually means revision, rebuilding, reconsidering, uh, delays, setbacks, and um, breakthroughs or originality that comes through a kind of uh, re revision or, uh, you know, sometimes reversals or reconsiderations of things. So the, 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 universe, the sort of revolutionary energy of Uranus doesn't go anywhere, but in the retrograde phase, it's as though it's undoing, revising, delaying, um, or rerouting things somehow. Uranus turning direct starts bringing a momentum back in a forward direction. As that is happening, remember that we see these two planets in Mercury and Mars in the three degree range of engagement. So their meeting is happening as Uranus is turning direct, which means that they are serving in a sense in the turn of momentum depicted by Uranus's direct uh, motion. So we now have the idea of something that is practical, analytical, executive, careful, strong-minded and strong-willed, but also earthy and um, disciplined and somewhat... Uh, um, maybe a little rigid even, but it's here it is participating in the kind of Promethean revolutionary awakening impulse of Uranus turning direct again. So that intensifies the kind of strategizing or problem solving. The way we use words and the way we use our mind right now is coming into contact with something that is it's like the, the revolutionary impulse of Uranus that's seeking to you know, turn things back into a, a motion forward again, maybe where there's been some process of of revision or reconsideration. Now, that process of revision or reconsideration from Uranus is going to date back a ways. Let's go back and look at what we've been dealing with. So Uranus's retrograde has been present for a while. Uh, we get Uranus turning into its retrograde motion uh, by late August. So where have we been from late August 
all the way up until now. We've been in some kind of space where Uranus's normal revolutionary activity has been a bit more revisionary in nature. Revising, reworking things is the way in which we accomplish that revolutionary impulse. Now what we're seeing is here's Mercury and Mars coming together. Powerful, earthy, practical, productive, you know, um, and very intelligent and analytically sharp energy coming together. And it's conspiring with Uranus, who's ready to um, start moving in a more linear forward motion with respect to the kinds of awakening and freeing up of energy that Uranus typically brings. So this feels like a breakthrough. This feels like a turn of momentum that Mercury and Mars are fueling this week through their combination, archetypally speaking. That's why it's important to pay attention to the context. The second is that Mercury-Mars can join as the full moon will also square Jupiter. So if you look back just a little ways, um, on Thursday, get this back just a touch to the fifth degree, we have a full moon in Leo. Now I'm going to do a separate video on the full moon, but the full moon in Leo squares Jupiter in Taurus. Uh, and Jupiter is in the exaltation of the moon, so we have some really nice reception between the two of them. And this full moon comes with a, a square to earthy Jupiter in Taurus. Well, of course, Uranus, if we look at the bound, Uranus is in the bound of Jupiter. So this turn of momentum that, Jup that Uranus is um, going through right now is sort of considering Jupiter, who's now moving direct in Taurus and who's configured uh, with reception to the full moon in Leo. Uh, just a fascinating little p little detail to consider. What this really shows me is that um, right now, one of the most important things happening in the sky is we're sort of anticipating in just a couple of months, uh, three months about, um, that Jupiter and Uranus are going to conjoin. And they, they are together, they're cooperating in some kind of breakthrough, the seeds of which are the development of which is being depicted right now in this moon cycle and through the conjunction of Mercury and Mars in a trine to Uranus who's stationing direct. So in other words, there's, to put it simply, what I'm saying is that this full moon and its configuration to Jupiter uh, and the, the, the dignity of um, Jupiter at the moment and the, the eventual coming conjunction of the two planets is sort of being foreshadowed at this time. So what that means to me is that the Mercury-Mars conjunction and the sort of analytical, the marriage of like analytical mind and willpower and earthy productivity are being wed together with something that is, it's a kind of breakthrough that's in service of what Jupiter and Uranus are trying to do in Taurus. They're building something beautiful. They're trying to develop and build something that represents opulence, wealth, uh, stability, beauty, ease, luxury, enjoyment, sensuality. They're, they are building something that is ultimately about that. And that to me is, it, it, it's not surprising that the moon, it, at the full moon is also, look at, the full moon is in the bound of Jupiter. Let me actually take this off so that you can, see, in case you can't see that. So this full moon is in the bound of Jupiter, while Jupiter is in the exaltation of the moon. And the moon in Leo is also a very royal placement. There's a sense of like building something opulent that can celebrate uh, this kind of feeling of royalty that lives within us. There's something we're trying to build toward that right now. Uh, anyway, then uh, Mercury and Mars are also conjoining, we should note, as 
let's push push this forward to Friday again. Here's Friday, January 26th. They're coming together. And look at what else is happening. Venus in Capricorn is trining Jupiter in Taurus. Venus is sign with Jupiter in Venus is bound. This is exactly what I was saying when we looked at the new moon in Capricorn video. There's something very productive and earthy going on. We are moving structures and forms to build something, but it's being informed by a Venusian desire or an appetite or a pleasure or a beauty or an art or a, or something involving women and friendship or harmony or even sexuality. There's something we're trying to build here. And the Capricorn energy is very good for sort of dutifully going about the work of, of climbing up the mountain. You know, let's slowly progress toward our long-term vision or plan. That's happening as Venus is hitting a trine to Jupiter as well. These are things we're all going to look at individually this week, but just it's interesting because no longer can we just say, oh, Mercury, Mars, and Capricorn, there's going to be like, you know, brass tacks thinking and executive judgments and, um, you know, kind of like sharp words and language and strategical, but very practical and realistic thinking. And like, yes, but it's also in service of all of these other things that are happening, which ultimately suggest the values of Jupiter and Taurus, the values and desires of Venus and whatever she wants to build right now. Um, and the eventual breakthrough in this development that's coming in April. Pretty powerful when you look at it that way. Uh, April when, again, Jupiter and Uranus conjoin. Number four, Mercury and Mars are conjoining as the sun squares Jupiter. So again, look at the emphasis on Jupiter. Here we are on Friday. And Friday into Saturday, the sun, of course, is the full moon signature, right? So the sun will also square Jupiter. Uh, and it, it, that that's a, another just really profound placement. That happens, by the way, as the sun crosses into Venus's bound. Can't make this stuff up, right? The sun square to Jupiter is also about our desires and what we see as beautiful and where our ambitions lie. And Aquarius is introducing us to, you know, big new ideas like blueprints up in the sky. But what are these blueprints? They're Venusian as the sun crosses into the bound of Venus and squares Jupiter in Venus's sign and Venus's bound. You see what I mean? It's like they're, they're, it's just Venus, Venus, Venus is underlying everything that all of these planets are doing, which means you can't just think about Mercury and Mars this week as like the typical grindy, steely, ruthless, uh, you know, strategizing of Mercury and Mars or the desire to win at all costs and the plot and strategize to win at all costs. Like, yes, all of those Mercury Mars signatures are there, but they're being fueled by this kind of visionary Venusian impulse that's behind so many things right now. Saturn, the planet of, you know, structures and order and the, the, the planet that is always sitting at the threshold between one established order and another is also in the exaltation and bound of Venus, with Venus applying into a sextile with that Saturn over the weekend. Not surprising. So the bound rulers, if you look around the wheel at just the traditional seven planets, let me take out everything but just the traditional seven. Let's look. So, and this is at the, right around the time of the full moon. I I'm, I'm wanna look at this. So this is as these planets are forming over the weekend. The bound rulers, which really shape the form and substance of what everything is doing or what any particular planet is sort of has to conform to. All right, let me uh, actually, I'm going to take this away so you can see. Look at the bound rulers. Moon in the bound of Jupiter. Jupiter in the bound of Venus. Saturn in the bound of Venus. The sun will cross over the next day into the bound of Venus. Mercury and Mars in the bound of Venus. Venus in the bound of Mercury. 
So if we, you know, I'm just going to like, if we write those things out, let's just put this over here. We've got Jupiter, Venus, 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 Mercury. Those are the, those are what the planets are currently bound to conform to in the delivery of their delineations. All right, so you can see how the main thing is Jupiter and Venus. And then the secondary thing is just a touch of Mercury. And it's important to note that Mercury, Jupiter, and Venus are all configured to one another by a, a, a very productive, harmonious trine, whole sign trine and earth signs right now. The practical development of Venusian desires and visions and dreams and the, the sort of sensual seeking shape and, and tangible results through Earth. Mercury and Mars coming together with their analytical superpower and their kind of their punch and their mental side to bring those together for the sake of this kind of building project. That's what we're looking at. Or in relation to Venusian topics, whatever they might be, love, relationships, the feminine, and so forth. So... I hope that that was enjoyable and interesting. And um, I have been working the bound rulers into my practice a lot more in the past six months. So you may have noticed them slowly trickling into the work because what they do is they really give you a sense of not just what's connecting, but the underlying context that can focus and refine what you're doing. You know, um, let me just pull up a tarot card that I would say is a perfect representation of the mercury. This is what when I get those bound rulers in my mind, right, I start thinking about, um, uh, da, 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 da. here we go. I start thinking about, okay, what, what is the very specific kinds of images that come to mind when we use these details of dignities to refine what we're looking at? So for example, Mercury, Mars, and Capricorn, given all of the other dignities and transits happening right now and that super strong emphasis on Jupiter and Venus in earth signs, eight of pentacles. Okay, eight of pentacles. You're building something. You're crafting something. He's using metal and it's crafty and that's very Mercury Mars, right? It's, it's, it's work, but it's pentacles. It's earth. You're building something. You're developing something. And what is the goal of what you are developing? Look at what comes next in the sequence, right? Let's take this up now and uh, let me pull this up. So what is it, what is it bringing to mind? How about this? The very next card in the sequence, the nine of pentacles. What is he working toward? Uh, something beautiful, a garden. You see what I mean? It's, it's this developmental building, but in the, for the sake of, it's like you're building something for your wife. If you're a guy, right? It's like you're, you're remodeling a bedroom for her or something, or that's really stereotypical. Do you, you get what I mean? So, or just think about it archetypally. That's the influence of Venus in the background of Mercury and Mars. So keep that in mind this week, because it'll help you see and notice Mercury and Mars. They're wearing a costume, you know, Th this is the sort of costume that they're wearing. What we're going to do this week is we're going to take a look at that full moon. We're going to take a look at Venus trying Jupiter. We're going to look at all of these different things so that we can, they all sort of appear different when you look at each of them and then consider the same context from the perspective of each individual part of the puzzle. So that's what we'll do as the week goes on. We'll, 
we'll take a look, you know, what's a Venus, what's a Venus Jupiter trine like? And how do we understand it given the context of the fact that it's happening as the full moon in Leo comes through? What's the full moon in Leo like? How do we understand it given that Uranus is turning direct, etc.? That's it for now. A fun week ahead. This is a, a, a week that we really like last weekend was like, uh, oh my God, just a, a total um, convergence of so many transits at once. And we have that same um, wonderful problem this week. And it, the, 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 the problem is, you know, it keeps us busy, but it also allows us to learn so much as astrologers. So I'm looking forward to it and I look forward to unpacking it all with you guys as the week goes on. All right, that's it for today. Take it easy. Bye.